0: Welcome back, everybody, to another installment of Fast Company Fridays on Innovation Crush. It is I, Chris Denson, uh, your host, Bows. <laughs> How do you do like LOL behavior verbally? Oh. Because that would be like asterisk
1: Bows. You, you or, could yeah. say LOL. Well, that kind of takes. But it wasn't really LOL. It was, I yeah. was
0: more about the Bows. Like That's if I had true. texted you, thank you, but I would just would have went and said, uh, asterisk
1: yeah, Bows. Bow. Ah, uh, yeah, asked a good question.
0: And then somebody might read it as bows, Bo- and then you're like, "No, <laughs> well, then, man." Well, then we just uh,
1: then they just ignorant, so you know. Right. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Very true. Uh, speaking of ignorance, uh, the person <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh-huh. that is fair, <laughs> that is so fair. Casey, if I need, say hello.
1: Woo! Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back. Oh no, welcome back I'm, to you too. I'm glad we get to do yeah, this man. again. I know, right? Last I'm time excited. we argued about Spider Man. I mean, listen. What, are we rehashing that? We don't know. We don't okay, so like, there, there will be new topics. I just reloaded. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Art of self-defense.
1: Mm. Oh, my God. Art of self-defense. <laughs> Where do you want me to go with no, that? I just, I just, did, did, have you
0: seen the movie? No. Uh, of, no, I have uh, not. I thought you, seen, you said you were a dark comedy fan. I
1: am, but I haven't seen that it's one. Tell me about it. it. Yeah?
0: It's uh, Jesse uh, Eisenberg right Listen. love him yeah um and he's like this guy who gets bullied and beat up and takes martial arts lessons and oh this is for yes it takes a weird turn okay it's okay interesting
1: okay keep talking As i just yeah, want to yeah, yeah, see where yeah, it's yeah. at right now because i love just googling things and seeing if i i'm subscribed to one of the many platforms that i have and no that's fine that's, that's okay fine.
0: you know uh in fine. case people forgot Mm-hmm. how do you describe your role here?
1: oh so i work primarily in digital although i mean it's a small outfit here so i write you know for a print as well but i mainly cover entertainment so you know film tv books all the like um web series and i also host a podcast uh with fast company creative conversation and i help moderate live events when we have them and yeah so i'm just sort of you know, I guess a renaissance man in a oh, way huh. around here. Renaissance, yeah. I'm going to give myself that title, you know. Well, yeah, maybe that, you feel. That would uh, be good. Chief right? Renaissance officer. I'm sure I would love that. Let me just run with that. Chief Renaissance <laughs> Just go get it
0: printed up. please. <laughs> See how people respond to it.
1: Oh, scrunched um, faces and just so much judgment. <laughs> That's so douchey. <laughs> <laughs> it will
0: it, it work. It, you know, those. it just becomes a conversation. I do people. everything. <laughs> he has my card. What I do. <laughs> Uh, would you like a hush dog? <laughs> um, as, I don't know where that came. So, is you cover entertainment. We're going to start in an interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, because you wrote a little bit of a piece of, about um, Netflix's I Lost My Body. Ooh. Which I, I hadn't heard of it.
1: Oh. And I've,
0: then I watched the trailer and I was like, bruh. I want to watch this right now. Bro,
1: it is so good. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. Like, I was working on another feature about... I was basically making the argument of why I think um, independent animated for kids, animated movies for kids are way better than, you know, studio fare from like, you know, uh, Illumination or Pixar or Disney or anything like that. And in the process, uh, you know, I was kind of drifting into animation kind of for adults. And so I was, you know, kind of brought was thinking about Loving Vincent and this movie came up and I had never heard of it. And I kind of earmarked it. I was like, that doesn't really fit for this story. I'm going to come back to it. And I finally, I got a screener for it in the process and I finally watched it. And I want to tell you, like, this was one of the, this may be my favorite movie of the year, honestly. Wow. One, top three, top three. It is such a beautifully animated film. Like, you can just like stop there. It's just beautiful to look at. But the story is just so touching. It is amazing. It's based off of a novel from the screenwriter of Amelie, the French movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and this director, uh, Jeremy Clapon. He, uh, yeah, this is his, his feature film debut and yeah, it's just so it's, it's, it's a movie about a hand trying to find its body. They got the hand, a severed hand is traveling across Paris in search for its owner essentially. And it's, it, it, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, it's no, su- it's just, a, such a well-crafted movie. It's amazing.
0: Love uh, it. Um, why did you pick that to, to like discuss editorially?
1: Mm. I picked it because I think when I my kind of barometer for what I write about and one thing that I love around here is that we're told to chase what we're interested in. And I saw the movie. and I was like, I want other people to see this. I want other people to see this movie. And I thought that it was it was kind of at the intersection of a lot of things that, you know, we talk about, like innovative storytelling, Mm -hmm. um, even the animation style. I'm always a champion of people who are doing, you know, 2D animation over. 3D, I mean, it's a, it's a mix of 2D and like, you know, CGI animation, but it's, we don't see enough of that, I don't think. Like, yeah. you know, we're kind of running in the opposite direction of everything has to be super clean lines. And that's something I interviewed the director and he was saying that he he doesn't like the sterile clinical feeling of like 3D animation. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just innovative storytelling and innovative ways to tell those stories. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I love that movie.
0: The thing that uh, that I picked up on was uh, in part a quote Mm-hmm. It was a bit weird, but very challenging. Also, mm-hmm. that's why I went into the project. Yeah, um, which is counterintuitive yeah. in a sense, right? Uh-huh. And I think when you think about innovation and creativity and how that translates into business, you've got this things like that looks weird mm-hmm. and interesting. Let me jump in. Yeah, which you know, yeah, is it uh, did any of that? Like, how does how does that resonate with you?
1: Uh, like so loud, <laughs> so loudly, because I think it's one of those things where I. I that's, that's how I operate cuz i to me i don't ever want to be comfortable and i know like a lot of people say that um, but i do think that there is so much to be said for voluntarily putting yourself into positions where you don't know what you're going to do and this in this specific example you know the director uh jeremy i feel like i always have to say like that because you got to respect those accent marks like the french get very You're serious like man. listen listen those excellent like, Charlie, like whatever
0: <laughs> <J-J Bear. laughs>
1: like, Clapon. he um he when he read the book he was like i don't he did so much restructuring to it because he was like this is a great book but i don't like i need to figure out how to tell this in a movie format I and mean, like i need to it's, it's, translate this visually and that was a challenging part because i mean the premise alone it's a severed hand who's like
0: (laughs) yeah it's the the star right and
1: and, you know it's like even answering questions of like how does a hand move you know how does a severed hand move he's like i couldn't make it too creepy i couldn't make it too jokey looking like i had to find the right balance so little things like that and i feel like You know, to him, that was a challenging part, and it resonated with me because I completely agree. Like, I, 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 me personally, I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed out of my comfort zone because that's where, I mean, we hear it all the time. That's where innovation happens. That's where creativity happens when you're not stuck doing the exact same thing. And I feel like, you
0: know, along those lines, it's exploring a domain or a perspective Mm -hmm. that has not yet been explored, right? And taking that, like, leap of faith and the Mm -hmm. creative risk. You Absolutely. know, and I think you you talk about all these unicorn companies, mm-hmm. you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective. It's like it's the same mechanic. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's what I loved about it. Yeah. Um, and also, I just like these. That's why I brought up art of self-defense because mm-hmm. I've been really fascinated with different story worlds. Mm. You know, like uh, People of Earth was one of my yeah. favorite shows. And I was like, I was sad that it went away. Um, uh, the Good what's... Ones Never Stay. Yeah, exactly. The Leftovers was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yep. listen. Perfect segue. I, I was
1: going to say, like. Perfect segue. You're sitting in her chair right now, basking oh. the greatness of Carrie Coon. Oh. And, I just uh, got goosebumps. Listen, as you should. That woman is Phenomenal, yeah. Phenomenal, yeah. The,
0: uh, it, the one, I mean, obviously, the the title of the episode was around the idea of fear,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: um, and using that as a as an engine for yeah. creativity, yeah. Uh, but tell me a little bit about that conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. so uh, she came in and it, Carrie Coon, the uh, amazing, amazing actor and star of, in The Leftovers and The center of season two and Fargo and you know actually um, the Avengers movies as well. She plays like a CGI character, and uh, really, yeah. Proxima Midnight, like oh. that, yeah, it's ridiculous. She's she's a very very talented, very versatile actor. But yeah, one thing that she she's been kind of known to do these roles where it's basically like the world's kind of ending. I mean in the in the leftovers, two percent of the world's population yeah. disappears. Her whole family, husband, three, two, three kids, all gone. And so it's like, how do you grieve? Uh, family members who you don't know when they're coming back, if they're coming back. Super dark, super weird. And then Keeping Hours is another movie she did, a really slept on movie, fantastic movie, where she plays a mom who lost her son and the son comes back in ghost form. Basically, he's kind of haunting his parents for them to get back together. Weird, <laughs> weird movie, right, great okay. movie. Um, same thing with Center Season 2. I mean, she's it's plays like a cult leader. And every the the, right. <laughs> <get> <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, so I feel like she, I asked her, you know, what you really are kind of hitting a stride with these roles where you're playing a mom in some really surreal, supernatural setting. And she was like, yeah, I mean, like f- fear is what makes me, that's what pricks my ears up. Like whenever I read a script, I, I want that. I want to be challenged. I want to be scared by the material really, you know? And I think yeah. it, for her, I would imagine like, I mean, how do you wrap your wrap your mind around, you know, I am a cult leader who my 13 year old son just you know committed a double homicide and i'm trying to get him off the hook which is basically the premise of you know center season two um but yeah so for her it really was um Like she likes material that is dark and scary and again challenging.
0: Yeah, she said, I like when it's scary because I don't really know what I'm going to be confronting in myself. Mm -hmm. Which was, uh, which I was like, that's, and and a a lot of actors I feel like are very like internal, Mm -hmm. you know, a little like, woo woo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but there's truth to it. I think, I, I just think the average. You know, and business person doesn't think in those terms, mm-hmm. right? They may, Or they may not say it in those terms. Right. But it is what the diving in, you know, does. It's kind of like. Percent. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. I think I asked her, I was like, you know, what do you think? Um, look, when you take these roles, you, what do you hope to be? What do you hope to get from it for yourself? Or what do you hope to explore in yourself? And she's like, that's why I choose these scary roles. Because I want to kind of dig deeper in myself. I want to kind of explore. Because I think, I think for a lot of people, that sort of quote unquote dark side is what they kind of run from. You yeah. know, that the thing that that really is gonna challenge them. And, you know, she has a whole um, you know, she's opened up about her own compulsive habits. I mean, she's a skin picker. Uh, you know, she like picked her skin yeah. until she bled in high school. And something she just now really started talking about and kind of addressing those that space in her in her mind that, you know, most people i feel like everybody has that kind of dark corner in their mind and mm-hmm. there are ways of tapping into it What's that yours? can really check oh no.
0: <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> i mean <clears> let me put down my I mug jokingly But <sighs> if you do have a uh, <sighs>
1: really. oh my, my my whole mind's dark <laughs> like, okay. the
0: whole thing is just constant. constant yeah. <laughs> i'm the same way like i, I, I uh i'm outwardly hysterically violent <laughs> oh i like that like, if, like anytime i see like somebody coming by on a like on a bike toward yeah. me i'm like if i time my push listen
1: perfectly listen i'm not saying i've ever done this <laughs> but standing on like the subway platform oh. i'm like ooh we what would happen no i yeah it's it, i rarely let that dark flag fly because i don't want people to like you know <sighs> <laughs> call someone and try to <laughs> right, no admit me somewhere but you know I feel like it's 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 yeah it, and it's also part of the reason like I mean just, I can never shut my mind off it's there's constantly thoughts racing in there but I do think that there is something to be said for uh, really plugging into those spaces in your mind or projects where you just normally wouldn't go I really do think and I, I encourage people to do that yeah yeah, yeah
0: it's uh, I mean it I wonder. I wonder why we hesitate, you know? Because either you ha, you haven't been taught that it's okay to entertain that, mm-hmm. um, but I think I find like a lot of conversations I've had on this show, there is. I mean, even or stand up comedy or whatever mm-hmm. craft it is, business or otherwise, there is something that you come up against in yourself. And mm-hmm. It's just it's just you in the mirror, and like either it fuels your your journey to yeah. uh, it catapults it to another level. Or it becomes a thing that you just don't deal with, or you figure out a way to work around it and right. or work with it and through it right.
1: So yeah, No, I agree. I think you know it's um it's really that fear of failure, and I just don't understand why that's still something because we've had we've we've heard so many times of people saying like, you there's no such thing as wasted experience or that's at least that's what i tell myself even if you did something and it doesn't work out yeah. okay you can absolutely learn from that but we're still come i feel like so many it's easier said than done and i think so many people are still butting up against that fear of but what if i fail but what if this happens yeah. would have i'm just like just rip the band-aid off and just do it like i mean i don't understand yeah. like where like where all the hemming and hawing is coming from just do the damn thing <laughs> like you know, I just, it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. And that's something I, I well, talk to I think, about, talk to people about a lot.
0: I think with the, it, I would like to think that that dissipates with time. Mm-hmm. So the more times you actually fail mm-hmm. or you, things don't go as planned and you realize, okay, I recovered from that. Exactly. Right. And then you're able to like incrementally take bigger
1: leaps. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it's all about. It's just sort of, you know. Not becoming numb to it, but just getting used to the idea of failure. Yeah. Because it will happen eventually. I mean, you can't go through life without failing at something. And yep. you know, we could have a whole conversation about, you know, this um, this generation of children. Everyone like the everyone gets an award, like <laughs> which is nice. just whew. Like you know.
0: That's why I punch as many random kids as possible. <laughs> 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 okay. Um so the other thing that led me to think about, <laughs> right, when we talk about Netflix and I Lost My Body mm-hmm. and uh, Thing makes a cameo in it. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Don't play that <laughs> hand like that. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I did see the Adams Family yeah. movie, which I was kind of disappointed that they made
1: it. In, in, cool.
0: I grew up on it live action, and I was like.
1: Listen, this is MC Hollywood Hammer. just digging as f- in the far reaches of their closet for any IP that they can, like, regenerate. <laughs> and I'm like, just, just. All this time and money that you're pumping into reviving these 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 old TV shows and films just makes put that toward like funding an original idea. Yeah, there's so (laughs) many amazing ideas out there. You you may
0: know this theory better Mm -hmm. than I do, but I've heard a few times where, like in times of turmoil, you know, or social discourse. Mm -hmm nostalgia plays a big role Mm. in easing people's you know tensions right Mm -hmm. um whether it's deliberately or coincidence and you're like so uh, me as a parent i can go like oh i used to love the adams family and then it becomes a shared moment and i get to relive something and i my mind's taken off of you know whatever else is happening in the world
1: then just show them the original one true
0: <laughs> or I let hollywood do it for me I, I, i'm not thinking about the adam's family okay, was, it's kind of like you go oh that's right like a yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's a reminder and right. then suddenly you're taken off in that you know because
1: listen shots fired i really was against the lion king remake because the original absolutely still stands up right. and i do feel like there are certain things and the lion king is a perfect example of things look better in animation i don't need to see a realistic warthog I don't need to see a realistic line. I don't need to see a realistic cat, wherever Damone was. I feel like <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like animation serves a purpose and the original still holds up. It's still great. So if you're going to do a shot for shot, pretty much shot for shot remake, yeah. but just make it live action, why? Just show your kids the original. It's still out there. Yeah. It's not like Disney like slammed it shut and it falls like, never, you are never seeing this again. <laughs> it's still there. Get Disney Plus. I got Disney Plus. True. I've been going down that rabbit hole. That's been...
0: I, it, I'm, I'm afraid of it. Um, Why?
1: It's so cheap. Just get it. <laughs>
0: no, I'm afraid of it because I will like watch it all. The oh time. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. know yeah. there's um, a lot on there. There's a lot of good stuff. Which you just did another segue for me because <laughs> you at, are welcome. <laughs> With I lost my body, mm-hmm. and then Disney Plus, and you've got all these platforms. Even you know, uh, to some extent, like Harry's work. Mm-hmm. You know, just got like on different platforms mm-hmm, at mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling about the streaming wars because i think about the (laughs) ecosystem of brands audiences yeah um and content makers Mm -hmm. and you know
1: it's so funny because i'm actually um well first i'll give my personal feeling i i feel as if there's going to be and i think we're here now we've reached a saturation point in terms of this sort of fragmentation of everybody's doing their own thing like nbc is running off and doing their like peacock peacock. bet is having bet plus like it's we're getting to this place where everyone's just basically trying to corral all of their own content and be like oh i'm not gonna not gonna license it out to like the netflix of the world and that was that was kind of the purpose of netflix to be you know to maybe have like one or two (laughs) these like where you can find like a hub of all your favorite shows in one platform but now that all these other stream streaming services are interested in making original content it's like how fragmented is this gonna be because like me personally I'm not about to have CBS all access you know and M- peacock whatever ABC's got cooking right. up like I'm not gonna have oh, I guess it's Disney plus but I'm not gonna sit here and have every single network as as an option for streaming so it's just not gonna happen and I right. think you know for me i I think I'm at my limit I didn't get Apple I didn't get Apple plus yeah, um not strong there's not a strong enough lineup for me to sign up I got Disney because it's just there's a lot of old stuff that I just want to like feel nostalgic for. See? Um, see, I I said, right. "Listen, You're right, but I'm watching the originals. <laughs> yeah. I am not watching like the live action of Beauty of the Beast and, and there's a whole debate on is it live action or not when it's all CGI, but that's a different conversation. Um, but yeah, I do feel like, I, I think we're at a saturation point point. Um, and you know, the it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out in terms of how many other streaming services like from networks are, are there going to be and plus. You know, where is this, the pricing of it all? Because we're getting to a point where it's like, you know, this was supposed to be an answer to kind of high cable bills. And mm-hmm. it's like, we're at this point, like where if you add it up, I have HBO, Hulu, I bundled Hulu and Disney Plus, but and also like a um, uh, Netflix. And I feel like... <sighs> do The math, like that's a lot <laughs> every month no, that I'm I was giving. Like, and it's I was like, like... To
0: 699 people to death, right? right. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, uh, as of this month, there's like 18 or 19 streaming services that mm-hmm. are popular, you
1: know, mm-hmm.
0: let alone these other ones, like I'm...
1: right. But then again, honestly, if you have them all again, with the saturation, when are you gonna so watch big, it? When are you gonna watch everything? Yeah, like there's just, there's just no point. And I, it's weird because I feel like for me, I when I get an opportunity to watch when I actually have downtime, I can you know kind of not worry about anything i usually just watch the same thing over and over again yeah. like i'll rewatch a show yeah. and i think it is that probably nostalgia something something that's very comforting and i, I find myself kind of paralyzed not wanting to start something new right because i want to like i just want something very familiar i want something that i already know and so yeah i i it's just way too much out Yeah, there. discovery much. the algorithm right like
0: all you know I spend more time looking for something to watch. On oh, Netflix absolutely! Than I actually do watching it. Oh, it's right?
1: bad. <laughs> it's really bad. So I, you know, I just I, I I don't know at what the breaking. I don't know what the breaking point is for, you know, the people greenlighting all of this because everyone's yeah. saying like, oh, it's, ne- it's never been a better time to be like a content creator. It's That's true. True, but, financially, yeah, right. But, but
0: building an audience,
1: but building and an audience a brand, and will they put the will they put the marketing dollars behind it? Because you know, so like Netflix is kind of. There's so much on there that I feel like no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Ever heard of. And it's like, you know, yeah, you're on Netflix, great, but is your show getting the push that it needs to get? So,
0: and and the other thing you lose is community, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, you walk in the office and everybody's talking about Game of Thrones is like, now that we have 20 different services. Full
1: confession, I never watched Game of Thrones. Um, you know what? Correction. Josh, Correction. Correction. Saying... <laughs> Correction. <laughs> just, I'm like, exit, I, exit the studio. I saw season, I stopped at season one, episode six. It wasn't for me. I'm going to try to finish season one. And shockingly enough, I feel like there's only one spoiler that someone gave me. And I feel like everyone knows it. You know, Joffrey dies. Then a lot of people die. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's not, it's not my thing. I'm so sorry. I'm not that's a Game of Thrones
0: fan. Fine. But let's let's abandon this. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. The the
1: disappointment in your face is just. I'm just going to keep my head downcast (laughs) for the rest of this chat because I. It's like when your kid gets all D's on a report card and you got (laughs) to try to be like,
0: well, just keep trying. I hate you. (laughs) As you walk away. Um, uh, No, I think that, I mean, but still, this idea of like community. You understood the Game of Thrones community that it built, right? Yeah. Um, Or pick whatever show. And I think are the things that we experience that that entertain us that bring us joy. Mm -hmm. Now we're even isolated in that, yeah, you know, to an extent. Oh yeah. So uh, I'm curious as to like what will rise. Like I'm looking at like what happened with DVD and Mm Blu-ray, right? Like Mm -hmm. okay, now we just have and laser discs and you know (laughs) whatever. So um, who's gonna like who will be left? And (sighs) that's I think it's yet to be.
1: Time will tell with that one. Yes, yeah. uh, and I'm just a spectator in all this. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back and watch, you know, watch the world burn and watch the streaming <laughs> wars burn. Well, I think it's especially interesting
0: <laughs> for you, you know, just given like what you do for a living, mm-hmm. right? yeah it's you know discoverability what do you talk about mm-hmm. you know um
1: yeah and that, that's actually it's a, it's a really good point i think you know because we try to be as spread out as possible because there's actually some really interesting shows on facebook watch but yep. again who's watching facebook watch Like, is have they have they built themselves to a place where people even know that there's content like you know narrative content on there i didn't even so. know
0: ti went on there and apologized
1: oh yeah he did oh red tape well red tape talk is good I have oh man one. jada gets everyone to spill their stuff it's great <laughs> it's a great show <laughs> like yeah and who knew who knew that that would be like that's still i think their biggest hit by by far yeah by far um so yeah it's there's just content everywhere everywhere and so deciding what to cover it, it, it it's a challenge it's a challenge i know we miss a lot of stuff but There's the stuff that we see and really gravitate to like that's, you know, I feel good about that. You know that I do have my ears to the ground in that respect, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard covering stuff. You know what else is hard? Improv, um, tell a, <laughs> me about it. you had a oh recent episode
0: where you talked about like your brain on improv, mm-hmm. and you yes. know, I think you started off with like sort of a jazz metaphor. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the mm-hmm. gentleman that you spoke to was a jazz, yeah, yeah, Doctor Charles limb
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at me. he is what an otolaryngologist and a an, uh, an, what What otolaryngologist? O- o- ear, nose, and throat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, what was the other word you said? Otolaryngologist. I only know because my brother's one as well. So you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a five dollar word. Um, yeah, improv and how it impacts your creativity. He studied it. Um, he basically put people in an MFRI machine and studied their brain waves whenever they were. He got people playing the instruments in this machine and just studied their brains and found, you know, that basically, in short, like, you know, the area of your brain responsible for self-monitoring shuts off and the, the source of self-expression lights up. So essentially it's your inhibitions are down. And it's interesting because I did another um, episode about um, the best time to brainstorm, and it's when you your brain is kind of foggy, and that's because your inhibitions are down. So it's really create being creative is equated to you not giving up, like it's mm-hmm. you yeah. just really doing whatever it is that you're doing, yep. and that and that's what that's improv. You know, yeah. you just kind of like letting go, whether it's musically and comedy, whatever it is. Like you just not overthinking it and just kind of going with the flow and just allowing yourself to just whatever it is like to think to 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 write to draw whatever it is and that shakes something loose.
0: Have you studied microdosing at all?
1: Microdosing? Yeah. No. No. Oh, okay. Microdosing, what's that? Uh, yeah.
0: there was, I think it was, uh, this was uh, maybe a year or two ago, but apparently in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and some other like innovation hubs, you know, around the world or country, um Microdosing like LSD or mm. acid, And oh. you've got like engineers and coders who are uh-huh. just like taking enough, yes, yes, okay. so that their brain functions in the way mm-hmm. that you're discussing, right? It's, enough,
1: yeah. <laughs> <quotes>. <laughs> like air quotes around that. Yeah, I like, too much. I, <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I. That's interesting to me because I do. I mean, obviously, drugs they alter your they alter your brain pattern. So it's like if you can if you can figure out the right cocktail for you yeah. <laughs>
0: like right. well even though like you, you see a cocktail uh, like that was another sort of brainstorming study. Mm-hmm. it was like oh you know having it later in the day and yeah. doing it like a, a, office happy hour mm-hmm. this is just you know um that same sort of like creative inhibition yeah like, or you'll say the thing that you probably wouldn't have said mm-hmm. you know um had you not had a, s- a safe space to do so exactly so i think and, and, and i think that's kind of a coupling of like a, safe, a brainstorm is a safe space to just explore. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to walk. I think most people walk in thinking, like, I can look at what, wait till my, you see my contribution, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> right? And they want to be the person who saves the day, but really exactly. you're just contributing, and you're like just slowly building brick by brick mm-hmm. an idea or multiple ideas, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there so time of day? Is there like a specific? Chronological time of day.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of different for everyone because I think you know what. Um, in the other uh, episode of the podcast, we were talking to uh, Marika Veith, who she studied uh, what time of day works better for people, and it's basically whatever whatever your whatever your peak hours are and it just depends on like you know if you're if you're a late riser maybe you know it's later in the day if you're an early riser whatever but she was basically saying like whatever you're um whenever you're quote-unquote i guess like downtime whenever you're not peaking that's when you can possibly be the most creative because like there's when you're really really focused you can just you're you're a little bit too focused on the task at hand and when your mind kind of wanders so for me it's like for me it's about it's about now maybe in like maybe an hour or so like but i just kind of like (laughs) flatline, and i'm like all right my mind absolutely starts to wander and she's in her in her study she found that that's the time like where you should really once you kind of slip into that mode that's when you should just like you know start start writing down your ideas and but the most important part she said is to you you're not old you have to whittle it down you're not right. gonna just like you know have just page after page of like genius ideas she's like you're gonna have a lot of crap there's gonna be a yeah. lot of crap that you get out but that's part of letting your inhibitions down and just like and just letting your ideas flow and then go back later when you're in your peak hours like when you're focused and then narrow it down and then have yeah. like your you know Provide make details, exactly life, but i think yeah it's just getting to that point of where your inhibitions are down and just letting just word vomit like yeah. just let it all out.
0: mine is kind of like around the um you know, when you have the afternoon crash, mm, you know, mm-hmm. so like, yeah. so that three to five o'clock mm-hmm. hour, yeah. I'm like, I'm delirious and I'm <laughs> sillier than I am <laughs> as I, you know, I've been silly today. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, we're, I'm we're in that pocket right now. Right? So, you know, me, it, were like, it was like six things that you said. And I was like, I should, probably shouldn't say that joke. That to <laughs> you want to hear one?
1: Yes, always.
0: I was going to say that maybe, because I was talking about It's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe Bill Cosby was just brainstorming with this. <sighs> <laughs> so, uh, let's move. Okay, share oh. Speaking of trash, there's a trash. There was trash. My oh, apologies, by the way. I know it's 2019. I know it's 2019, and uh, we are sensitive and rightfully so. So, I apologize. <laughs> you want to brainstorm?
1: So
0: much, <laughs> no. Okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, trash, that was, that right? Good. <laughs> you, you, uh, you wrote, you, you wrote, you covered this Oscar the Grouch.
1: Oh um, yeah, that was that was delightful.
0: It was yeah. it was surprisingly delightful because mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I was like, well, okay, like, yeah. again, It was it was a cool it was a Squarespace mm-hmm. commercial, and then you know we've seen the use of characters yeah. in advertising and. Why? Why did that appeal to you? What was What was the anchoring thing? Where you like?
1: I yeah, I actually think I what. I mean, first of all, I mean like who doesn't love Sesame Street, especially Oscar the Grouch, because he was always my favorite for obvious reasons. But um, I love the I love the charitable component to it because basically they had you know they had this ad where um Oscar the Grouch becomes an unintentional art like international art star. Um, this woman walks by his, his trash and she's like, Oh my gosh, this looks like art. And she makes a square space site for him and it launches his career. And he's like, so pissed off and like upset that like he's getting all this attention. Um, but aside from that, I really love the fact that they worked with, um, they worked with this artist who actually was the whole point of his, um, this series of art works that he did was kind of repositioning our thoughts on trash. And so you take garbage and restructure it and make it, I guess, quote unquote, visually interesting. And the whole question of like, is this art or is this trash? Yeah. Um, and so they worked with him to go around uh, the Sesame Workshop and pick up, you know, trash. So like, big bird's feathers, like, you know, a, a cookie from Cookie Monster, something like that. And they got this artist to assemble them in cubes and they sold it for, I think like, you know, each one was like $125 a pop or something. And all the proceeds go to Sesame Workshop. And of course, Sesame, like their whole mission is just, you know, making kids, you know, smarter and brighter and more caring and all this type of stuff. So it just, it was kind of, it. It was was a cute ad, but I really love, I love ads that kind of have something on the back end, like where it's like because it's easy to make something passably cute and fun, but when there's something of substance behind it, I'm like, okay, you got me with that. You got me with that. So yeah, I I thought it was like a really cool idea, and you know, um, yeah, it it was it was a well done ad, but it really was that that kind of last mile that really sold me of them. Yeah, this hey, and, 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 to you, it.
0: and thank you for writing it because I was like I hadn't seen it, heard of it, and I did some clicking around and I saw the trash, yeah. off, which is all sold out, which is great. Exactly. You know yeah, I no, was, so, I
1: when the when that article went up, uh, you know, the 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 site went live and I was kind of refreshing in real time because I was like, Do I want one of these? And I was like, by the time I just kind of like, you know, was putting it off and by the end, like I think by day two or something, it was all gone. And I was like, Oh, well, eBay. So that's my chance. I know,
0: right? <laughs> um No it, 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 do you find uh, obviously, you've seen a lot of ads right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that that's easy to do it feels hmm. like an easy thought to have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if and having come from a media agency mm-hmm. like I don't s- often see the level of depth that goes into it, like, okay, what's the yeah. next step? Mm-hmm. right like cool piece of entertainment, it may sell a couple of you know squarespace subscriptions, yeah. but then what else can we build into this
1: right? I think I mean. <sighs> It's interesting because I feel like it depends on what your goal is, because I think either you're just kind of making you're just making an ad just to kind of get it out there or you're trying to capitalize on a season like holiday season. Huge time for advertising. Right. Um, Super Bowl. Huge time for advertising. There's certain there's certain moments in culture like where I think there's just more effort and people have more stakes in it being good in quotes right. or it going viral which i hate because you can't you can't predict the virality of something i think smartwater had that campaign i think with jennifer aniston a while ago where they were just like it was a whole thing of like trying to make it go viral like they had this like meta approach to it and i guess it did it got a few million views on youtube but it was just like this idea of uh trying to build trying to make an ad that's like sticky and it will go viral it's it's if you try too hard i feel like that's the first that's the yeah. first that's the first sign of failure but i don't know i think it it just depends on what your goal is. I mean, there's there's a lot of ads, and there's a lot of especially how we see them as pre-roll content. So it's like it, it's, you skip them, like you skip yeah. it, It's 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 really really hard to get people's attention. Um, and for me, I think what resonates with when it comes to ads is like a lot of it. It takes a lot for you to convince my mind because like ads ads for me is just are just entertainment. Like you're not really gonna. See I don't need a Kia Sorento. Like, I'm not going to buy one. So it's like, but right. if you make like a really interesting commercial for it, like I'll engage with that ad. I will yeah. watch it. Um, I can use some help
0: from Honda. Like,
1: <laughs> like, I'm like, my rent. like a, hey, hey, now, <laughs> hey, have an ad for have like a hey, campaign we heard your about broadcast. that. And we came here to pay your rent. <laughs> what? <laughs> Put me in a Civic immediately. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I feel like it's ads. Are, ads are tricky. They're very, very tricky because you know, you, you. It's something that we're in a lot of ways conditioned to ignore right like it's just filler you know yeah like back in the days of when yeah, i guess when people used to watch tv uh yeah it's like you just the the commercial break is when you go to be if you have like tivo or like you know digital cable now like you just skip them so yeah. it's I, I think that that's why you know advertisers are just like in this mad dash scramble to try to make to try to make the most of you know every ad they have like they just kind of you know try to make it as wacky as possible because there's a wave of wacky and And i think
0: the science of advertising Mm -hmm. has changed Mm -hmm. a a lot or should change i don't think it's changed as much as it needs to but you know the idea of let's give people a sense of joy Mm -hmm, and get back mm -hmm. through our average like it's something that we've talked about for decades But now, in order to cut through the clutter, you have to do something different Absolutely. and truly meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, entertainment value is great, but that will only take you. Like, I don't remember what certain commercials were about, mm-hmm. you know, and that's always been a, a, an issue. Yeah. Um, and we were talking earlier. Like, I play a lot of like casual games, and mm-hmm. you know, I play wars with Friends, for instance, and. That first one to three seconds is <laughs> all you got. There's been a couple that caught me right. I was like, okay, now what's that? Like, yeah, we yeah, yeah, or that yeah. was funny. <laughs> now I want to see what else happens. Right, right. So the, even the psychology that goes into how you design an advertising mm-hmm. experience has is, is evolved.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's. I love how people like kind of in this in this effort to like front load everything, like, even just the, the evolution of trailers. Like they'll do a trailer for the trailer in the trailer. Like those <laughs> are like the first like two seconds of like this like frenetically edited like explosion da 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 da. And then it'll go into the actual trailer. Cause they right. know they like you you have to catch that person like right then and there. Otherwise they're just conditioned to skip it. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. I'm curious to see like years down the road, like what what exactly when you when you when you combine digital attention spans, every everything that kind of goes into uh the science of advertising, yep. like how's that's gonna shake, how's that gonna shake out in the next like five, ten years? Like yeah. what are what are ads gonna look like? Because you even have like Geico being like, you know. We made this ad short enough so you can't skip it, which I thought was brilliant. That whole line of ads I had for girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, yeah. So Geico's actually been—they've been killing it. Like, I think they ushered in that wave of weird, wacky ads that yeah. were like that made no sense, and that's what stood out. Because, like, how do you sell? How do you sell insurance? It's almost—it's like the driest thing on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like it's—it's it's, yeah. Anyway, it's—it's it's just interesting. I want to say that how it's goes all.
0: into like the, it was a bit weird, but very challenging they, also. Like, because mm-hmm. it's like I feel like. The more unsexy the product, the more creativity you have to you have. Work to have. So hard. Yeah, yeah. Affleck, you know, yeah, <laughs> <The Aflac. exactly. laughs> yeah, a good friend of mine actually created they they created a plush toy, like an interactive plush toy, that actually uh, for Aflac, that and they won a bunch of awards for it. Um, I think they won a, a, a. I
1: think I remember. Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, the, but it's a duck that's used to uh, console like yes. you know, cancer patients. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so again, you talk about heart mm-hmm. at the, at the end of it, there's, there's something else yeah. um, that people are getting Absolutely. From, from those brands, um, which also many segues are just rolling because there's constrained originality, Ooh, right? And yeah. you talk to Ron Beghetto mm-hmm. about great last name. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the whitest guy too. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, between Kuhn and Beghetto I was like, all right, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting <laughs> podcast um again sorry Ooh. i told you there's like there's like a dozen things are going people just mind. try to take everything from us <laughs> <laughs> you, you could have <laughs> uh, unless you're one of the fat boys <laughs> throwback <laughs> so you guys have to google it um, mm-hmm. no but like talk to me about uncertainty because mm. i think all that stuff kind of like really all the stuff we just talked about you know, brands don't know what, like, really, what to do and how to advertise. You just keep trying different things, yeah. and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but there is this uncertainty and creativity both in how are we going to get it done, and also like what am, what are we even being creative
1: for? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And you know, I think that that I think it goes back to what we, you know, circling back is ju- you. It's this idea of you know you you you're kind of standing at the precipice of an idea, and it's like. You don't know when or how or if you should pull the trigger, and again if you if you if you kind of cushion your fall to some extent if we're talking about brand specifically like you how can you possibly know unless you actually just do it you know like what yeah. what's like what's the hold up so anyway, I think it's when it comes to like that kind of creative uncertainty it's 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 an inter- it's an interesting place to be, and I think it's um learning how my knee-jerk reaction is just to, you know, always just pull the trigger. But I think that there is, cause I just feel like when you get into that position of how, trying to have like mitigate risk, like how can you really, yeah. how can you? Yeah. And I just feel like it's, it's just, yeah, I think that perfectly circles back to what we we're talking about It's just, and it's it's interesting in, t- in talking to all these people, you kind of, you notice these common threads, you know, these these people who are studying uh creativity and people who are you know living creativity and they're in their in their you know in their profession and their art they're all these it's kind of you hear the same thing just in different ways yeah. and i feel like it's people are still talking about it because still people are still hung up on well, it and things, along, those, like,
0: along those lines you, uh, you guys had a really good thread in the conversation mm-hmm. which i 100 agree with was about failure right mm-hmm. the uncertainty comes like Ooh, don't want to lose face, lose right. my job, you know, not show up, whatever, not mm-hmm. get the deal. Um, and we overglorify this fail hard, fail fast mm-hmm. sort of spirit yep. when it comes to entrepreneurialism. Ooh, that's a lot of syllables. Um, and you nailed it. Actually, I, I did. I no, always find it. Yeah, it, as it was coming, I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> it's happening.
1: Entrepreneur. <laughs> Ooh, I hate that no, word. No.
0: Um, Uh, but then you guys start talking about the emotional side of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you can train for the emotional cushion, Yep then you you know you've got a better springboard for yeah. creativity
1: yeah and that was like yeah that was a, that i really liked when he said that because i think you know there is this idea specifically those you know i feel like generated from silicon valley like you know fail fast fail hard like let's just let's just do it but to take time to acknowledge it yeah it does kind of sting when you yeah, when your idea flops like out to
0: do that nobody right? wants like, it your but, first attempt you like you know this might not work but you, you want it to
1: work exactly but then you get used to it like as you right. mentioned like earlier like it's just one of those things like where you kind of get used to this or, it doesn't it stings less the more you get stung so it's like if you want to get into that position where you are where you have kind of this built-up shield to this you're gonna have to fail a few times so you're just gonna have to so yeah so there is some merit in saying like yes fail fast but you can't it's completely normal for you to take time to acknowledge like wow I need to go in the room and cry. (laughs) Let me just like (laughs) let me find like a quiet office here and just like kind of let it all out and just let have. But you know, I think that it's it's just a matter of not letting that deter you to the point of where you'll you'll never that you're too risk averse at that point. Because people just like run in the opposite direction. Like well, the second idea doesn't work. And again, I'm kind of the same way too. Like I feel like there's some ideas that I'll have, and it's just like. I I mean, people say this is like a Virgo thing. I don't know. I don't do like astrological th- signs, but people say that like Virgos have a tendency of like replaying their mistakes in their head over mm. and over and over again. And for me, the, I always negate that by saying like, I, there's time moves forward and there's comfort in that and because like, I can't do anything about it. All yeah. I can do is just like learn from it. I can't. There is a, no time machine that I can hop into and like fix that mistake. So it happened i'm getting over it <laughs> and, like, like, you just yeah, get over i think it. it's like, also like it something about forward. learning
0: your emotional shortcomings. Mm-hmm. you know exactly and, like, exactly and i think we may have talked about this last time but like you know i i'm not shy about talking about the fact that i have imposter syndrome mm-hmm. right and, mm. Like, you know i shouldn't be in this room they're gonna figure Ooh. out that blah, 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 you know yeah that's a that that big one yeah and but i've learned to go that's kind of what pushes me to excellence
1: mm-hmm because yes. I was
0: like, if I have my own self doubt, that I need to like dump all you know, mm-hmm. all my creativity and energy into making this as excellent as possible. Yeah. I don't always get there, but right. you know, um, but I think it's that lesson. And about, speaking of which, uh, I try not to offend without circling it back. So with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the coon and baguetteo um, stuff, uh, I think another thing that brands are afraid of, especially after the past, let's call it two years of epic brand fails Mm -hmm. at least from a social (laughs) media perspective yeah um you know and they bounce back pretty quickly right they recover um you know and i think audiences are a lot more forgiving like we have knee-jerk reactions Mm -hmm. but we're also a lot more forgiving than what it feels like sometimes right and so um i think that's also where this this idea of uncertainty Mm -hmm. is like is that offensive? Is this going to mm-hmm. like, oh, but you know, or if you missed the mark and like, no, wait, nobody in the room saw that this was mm-hmm. going to offend someone.
1: Oh, yeah. No. I, was, I mean, when you said that initially thought I was instantly thought of Pepsi and they're right. <laughs> mad at it. But more more recently, as we were just talking about this in Slack um, YouTube Rewind. So remember last year like the so every year toward the end of the year YouTube releases a video where they get all their biggest stars to like you know like kind of relive like big dances of the thing, memes, challenges whatever and, like this huge cluster f of a video. And last year it was ironic that it became the most disliked video on YouTube. I did not know yeah, that. YouTube Rewind in 2018. And so this year they released a rewind and the whole thing is like um they're like, it's like a title card. It's like, last year we released something that you guys didn't like. So this year, you know, we're putting it in your hands and they kind of simplified it to where they just showed the most liked music videos, of, the most liked videos of all time. And it's funny because the video's perfectly fine, you know, it's, it's whatever, but it still has like, I think, equal, like half like likes, people, like half the people like it, but then I think more people dislike it. Yeah. And I'm like, you kind of reach this point where people are just kind of being... Exactly, but it's one of those things where I, I actually, and far be it for me to ever cape for, for YouTube because they'd have a lot of issues <laughs> that I just, who that makes me just really <laughs> frustrated with them. But I think that that was a really good example of them. You know, they had this product, this thing that they do every year, and then when they realize like, oh wow, we really messed up, like this is kind of, you know, it's just... It, if you haven't seen it go watch youtube rewind like 2018 it's it's really bad um and they 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 turned it they listened they turned it into something that was actually you know i think i thought it was a good it was a good idea just yeah. like you know like just showing what videos people really liked in kind of like a fun edited sort of way yeah i don't see any issue with that so yeah it's one of the things like where if you if you fail i think take note of that. And I think it's perfectly fine for you to admit that. And now I don't think Pepsi ever came to Pepsi. Apologize for that atrocity. That was Kendall Jenner. I don't remember, I don't solving, remember them apologizing, uh, solving social injustice with a
0: can of Pepsi. Uh, see, uh, you know, it, it- it takes, it takes, oh. a it takes a lot for me to be offended because I think, and then when I saw the commercial, I, I just thought it was a sloppy commercial. Oh. It was just like, it was like way too, it, it was trying overly to be what it was.
1: I wasn't offended. I open mouth cackled. I, I yeah, saw it was so was like, funny. Great right. comedy. I just thought it was just like, yeah. it was just weird and <laughs> like poorly put
0: together. I was not offended by no, it. No, not at all. You know, so you know, it, I, I think. That's eventually where most people go back to. And the last thing I know is not necessarily, but my parallel with that is I've had, obviously, like most of us, a lot of conversations about Donald Trump Mm -hmm. and whether or not he's a racist or sexist or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? He's just kind of an asshole. Like, Mm -hmm. equal, like, everybody gets a turn. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so we can't categorize certain, you know, offenses as, like, we want to, you know, carry our, our, uh, what do you call this thing? A pitchfork. Nope, and nope, not a torch. Fork. No, um, if you're out marching and it's a
1: oh a picket sign. Picket
0: sign. There picket we go. Sign. Yeah, charades. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly. um I was thinking
1: angry mob. I was like, you know, wow, I was yeah. thinking yeah. violence. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> you went like you went Frankenstein. Listen, um, I went Nina Simone. I am non nonviolent. You know? <laughs> Nina
0: Simone as Frankenstein. Told you it's the it's Hollywood. It's the if there's one. a
1: Hollywood exec out there, you are welcome. For that idea. <laughs> I'm just saying we <sighs>
0: Yeah. I like
1: it. I am not a monster. I think we
0: should stop talking. <laughs> um thank you for <laughs> for joining this edition of um a Fast Ooh. Company Fridays again. What this uh, brain where did you go edition to? of it? Exactly. Where can... <laughs> Where can people go to find more uh, KC?
1: Mm, I mean, you can just search my name, um, KC-I-F-E-A-N-Y-I, and, you know, everything will come up. My writer's page on Fast Company, which you can just keep track of everything that I've been posting. Um, don't go to my social media because I never post anything there. Um, but yeah, if you just want to keep track of everything that I've been working on, that is a fantastic place to start. Uh, yeah. All right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. No, thank you. This was this was a wonderful way. I feel like I got my second wind having this conversation. All right, I appreciate that.
0: Job well done. Uh, and we witnessed a terrible coughing fit.
1: I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Josh, you. Could... By the way,
0: I'm leaving it <laughs> in the episode. You should. Uh, everyone, <laughs> this has been another installment of Innovation Crush Fast Company Fridays. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.